48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Coronavirus cases drop for a fourth straight day, dipping to just under 5,600. A High Court judge reserves a ruling on whether to reopen an inquest an inquest into the Lama Ferry disaster and the on-again, off-again Hong Kong Marathon could be held on February 12th, but key details are sketchy. New COVID cases have fallen for a fourth straight day to 5,594, including 135 imported infections. A little more than 2,500 are being treated in public hospitals. They include a two-year-old boy in critical condition after developing a fever on Sunday and testing positive for coronavirus the next day. A hospital authority chief manager, Gladys Kwan, says initial scans show the boy has hydrocephalus, a build-up of fluid on the brain. She spoke through an interpreter. He was suffering from upper respiratory symptoms when he was admitted into hospital, but he was not feeling too well and was not too conscious after admission so some medication had to be used to help with his seizure. He also had breathing difficulties. Earlier, Chief Executive John Lee said his administration was actively studying changes to quarantine rules and takes a positive view of declining infections. Speaking ahead of his weekly Executive Council meeting, Mr Lee said any relaxation of measures must happen in an orderly manner. While we will do our best to control the epidemic, we aim to have the maximum connection with the international world and also to reduce the inconvenience to people who arrives at Hong Kong. That is a very clear goal. And that goal, I am maintaining it in one direction, and I am trying all our best to ensure that we don't roll back any measures. That a High Court judge has reserved a ruling on whether to order the coroner's court to open an inquest into the Lama Ferry disaster in 2012 that killed 39 people. As Timmy Sung reports, he's expected to hand down his decision at the end of next month. The coroner's court had decided back in 2020 that it would not look into Hong Kong's worst maritime accident in decades. But three family members of the victims argued in the high court that an independent commission that looked into the tragedy didn't cover some of the areas and that new evidence has emerged from police investigation since. The lawyer said this includes the manufacturer of the ferry that sank, number four, knowing it had to install a watertight door in the vessel but didn't and an internal government probe reviewing that 17 Marine Department officers had failed to discover the problem for 18 years. The court also heard that Lama Force's combing was substandard. The lawyers added that the bow of the other vessel involved, the sea's move, had been reinforced. The Hong Kong Marathon could be held on February 12th after organisers said they'd received the government's full support in planning for that date. But the Hong Kong Association of Athletics Affiliates didn't say how many participants would be allowed. The race was originally scheduled for November 20th, but the association cancelled it on Friday because their proposals hadn't been approved. Sports Commissioner Yung Tak Kung welcomed the new plans and said he would discuss them with the association. He was asked why it took so long for the government to respond to the original date for the event. Up to last week, we were still processing the application and uh, the number of participants in the proposal was 25,000 because of the number of participants is quite large. So it takes time for the relevant government departments to consider the proposal and advise on the necessary uh, precautionary measures. 
Stock markets have been falling after a one percentage point rate hike by Sweden's central bank. Stoked expectations of more increases this week from the US Federal Reserve and the Bank of England. The news hit the region's markets with the German stock market down just over one percent. The French market was off 1.4 percent and the FTSE in London was down 0.6 percent. A short time ago US markets were down by at least one percent. And the UN General Assembly is getting underway in New York with a warning from the Secretary-General Antonio Guterres that the world is facing a winter of discontent. Conflict and hunger are the prime concerns, with aid agencies calling on richer countries to end what they've described as a spiralling global hunger crisis. Twice as many people are facing acute hunger as three years ago, with 50 million on the brink of starvation. A quick look at the weather. It's going to be mainly cloudy with one or two showers at first and a minimum temperature of about 27 degrees tomorrow. It'll be dry with a high of about 31 degrees. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. A Beijing official overseeing Hong Kong affairs says it's not very appropriate for people to say that there's a wave of immigration from the SAR. Huang Lichuan quoted population statistics that he said showed the decline in Hong Kong's population was caused by multiple factors and that population mobility was not a new phenomenon. The deputy director of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office added that he believes more people will come here thanks to the SAR administration's efforts to attract talent from the Greater Bay Area. I think it's not very appropriate to say that Hong Kong is experiencing an emigration wave. Hong Kong is entering a new phase of becoming more prosperous, from disarray to good governance. Hong Kong people are very confident about the city's future, and the central government will continue to support Hong Kong to have close and extensive cooperation with the mainland and the rest of the world. A survey by students from eight secondary schools has found their peers have relatively little awareness of the concept of sustainable consumption. More than 600 pupils were questioned between January and February in the study. Three quarters of respondents thought sustainable products were simply ones which are cheaper and therefore easier for consumers to buy, and most had never considered factors such as packaging and raw materials when they were made a purchase. The Fair Trade Hong Kong Foundation helped to organise the survey. Maria Chung is the chief executive of the NGO which promotes sustainable consumption. There are some misunderstanding about sustainability or sustainable consumption. Like they thought if they make a purchase, if it's a lower price products, merchandise, they consider this is a sustainable consumption. But actually it's wrong. The schools and the government, they can do more things like it's good to have some cross-subject education rather than just having one subject to talk about a particular topic like sustainable consumption. It would be more effective. Scientists at the University of Hong Kong have come up with a figure for the number of ants on Earth. They estimate there are almost 20 quadrillion or 20 million billion individuals. The BBC's Jonah Fisher reports. 20 quadrillion sounds like a lot of ants. And it is. To give you an idea, that's two and a half million ants for every human on Earth. To count them at one a second would take 634 million years. So no one's tried that. But the scientists involved in this report have made their estimate by consulting hundreds of studies from different habitats around the world. The study warns that the staggering figure may be an underestimate because of the lack of data from regions including Central Africa and Asia. 
Turning overseas, soldiers using helicopters have attacked a school in a Buddhist monastery in Myanmar's northwestern region of Sagyang, killing at least 11 children. Images on social media show bullet holes and bloodstains in the school. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Head. Eyewitnesses report that at least two helicopter gunships fired on the monastery school in the village of Lechet Khon for around an hour last Friday before troops moved in. The school taught children from kindergarten age until early teens, many of whom were reportedly killed or injured in the attack. The military government says armed insurgents were hiding in the school. The junta, which seized power last year, has frequently used aircraft and helicopters in areas where it faces armed resistance because its ground troops have found it difficult to fight insurgent groups which are supported by much of the local population. The de facto authorities in four Russian-occupied or partially-occupied regions of Ukraine have announced plans to hold referendums on joining Russia. Proxy administrations in Luhansk, Donetsk, Kherson and Zaporizhia say voting will start this Friday. A Kremlin official, Dmitry Medvedev, said incorporating the breakaway territories would allow Moscow to protect them under what he called self-defence. Over 200 non-governmental organisations have called for decisive action to tackle the global food crisis. In an open letter, they say one person is dying of hunger every four seconds. The BBC's Will Leonardo reports. The figures laid out in the open letter provide stark clarity on the scale of hunger worldwide. Almost 350 million people are now said to be experiencing acute hunger. That's twice the number compared with three years ago. And despite repeated promises to eliminate famine, the NGOs say 50 million people are now on the brink of starvation. Many are in the Horn of Africa, where the UN has described a pending nightmare. The letter says a combination of poverty, inequality, conflict, climate change and economic shocks has been exacerbated by the COVID pandemic and the war in Ukraine. The British Prime Minister Liz Truss has said higher energy bills are worth paying for the UK's long-term security. She was speaking on her way to New York where she'll address the UN General Assembly to rally support for Ukraine, Russia's invasion and the, the, the war, the Russia war with Ukraine and restrictions on gas exports have caused energy prices to soar across Europe. Ms. Truss has outlined plans to protect British households from further increases, but she said she wouldn't be telling people to ration their energy use. At least nine more people have died in Pakistan from waterborne diseases. Health officials warn that the spread of malaria, dengue and diarrhoea threaten a second disaster to regions devastated by floods. In Pakistan, here's the BBC Rajini Vadyanathan. One is to look at a lot more on the basic foundation, the fundamental... With many parts of the country still underwater, millions remain homeless in Pakistan. Here in Sindh province, the worst affected. Hundreds of thousands of families are living in the open air, in basic makeshift camps, with very little access to clean water or food. Stagnant water has become a breeding ground for mosquitoes, presenting another serious risk and a sharp rise in waterborne diseases. An Iranian member of parliament has issued an unusual public criticism of the country's morality police. It follows the death in custody of Masa Ahmini, a young woman arrested last week for allegedly violating the official dress code. The MP Jalal Rashidi Kushi said the morality police had produced nothing but loss and damage for the country. The BBC's Baran Abbasi has more. 
seems that women have been taking the leading role in the protest. They've been taking off their headscarves, waving it above their heads, uh, setting them on fire, uh, facing up with the police, and also uh, chanting slogans against the supreme leader of Iran, whom they hold responsible personally for what happened to Masa Amini and other uh, protesters in the past who've um, died in police custody or during the protests. Back locally, and the Monetary Authority says it'll go ahead with preparations for Hong Kong's own digital currency after garnering support in a market consultation exercise. The authority will start looking into developing a system for the EHKD and will assess its potential uses as well as any necessary legislative amendments in the fourth quarter of this year. Howard Lee, a deputy chief executive of the authority, says many people recognise that an e-currency will aid the development of Hong Kong's digital economy. But he added that preparations for that are expected to take years. One is to look at a lot more on the basic foundation, the fundamental infrastructure required to support this dollar. Another track is we want to collaborate with banks, payment operators and other tech companies to explore specific use cases. We need to carefully examine what it would mean to different legislation, to different business. If suddenly we have a legal tender in the form of e-Hong Kong dollar, how we would need to make changes to this legislation. Business and electric vehicle manufacturer Zhejiang Leap Motor Technology is hoping to raise more than a billion US dollars in an initial public offering that would be the largest debut so far this year for Hong Kong. The Hangzhou-based company is offering around 131 million shares priced at 48 to 62 Hong Kong dollars, according to a prospectus filed with the Hong Kong Stock Exchange today. The listing will be a test of investor appetite for China's EV industry, which has shown huge growth in recent years. The electric car market on the mainland is particularly competitive, with manufacturers jostling to take advantage of an industry that's been boosted in recent months by generous purchase subsidies from local governments. Sport and England are taking on Pakistan in a 2020 cricket series in Karachi at the start of their first tour in 17 years. They'll play four matches in Karachi and three in Lahore and three test matches in December. England were scheduled to tour Pakistan last year, but it didn't go ahead because of security concerns. Most international teams have avoided playing in Pakistan since a gun attack on the Sri Lankan team in 2009. Australia played in Pakistan earlier this year. It was their first tour of the country in 24 years. Meanwhile, Australian skipper Aaron Finch won the toss and decided to bat against India in the opener of the three-match T20 series. The visitors will play without opener David Warner, who's been rested for the India series ahead of the 2020 World Cup in October. He's been replaced by Cameron Green. India have brought back Umesh Yadav to strengthen their fast bowling attack. The team will play three T20 matches during the series. Rugby and Liam Williams will miss Wales' autumn tests after suffering a collarbone injury on his Cardiff debut. Cardiff said the British and Irish Lions fullback was hurt midway through the first half of his side's 2013 victory over Munster on Saturday. The club said he's undergone surgery and faces a recovery period of up to four months, his club said. Wales face New Zealand, Argentina, Georgia and Australia in November. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, coronavirus cases drop for a fourth straight day. And a High Court judge reserves a ruling on whether to reopen an inquest into the Lama Ferry disaster. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio Heavenly shades of night are falling. It's twilight time. 
out of the mist your voice is calling It's twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time And here we are, the dying embers of Tuesday Many thanks for tuning in to our 45 minutes of relaxation, a chance to just kick back and take it easy, especially if you've had a hard day. We've got lots of music from a bygone era. And if you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail with the first one tonight from Tab touch of your embrace tells me no one could take your place Goes away. Come together, have 
we'll be together when time passes sadness goes away friendship forever blessing together